man, I'm super glad we're finally making it to uh, Peridia. So I guess we got about 35, 36 hours to kill here. Uh, did I ever tell you the story about the time I tried to almost stole a hamster? Uh, yeah, Thurman, uh, I was I was there with you. Did you ever get that rash cleared up that was on your Oh, what, set? Whoa, what, what, what party was this? A hamster? This sounds fun. Oh, you don't want here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was pretty crazy. So, yeah, at a junior college a long, long time ago. Welcome into the Bro Four Squad podcast, and uh, we're here to give you our season one, episode six of Ahsoka spoilers review. Uh, as always, we're going to grade this episode on the four Bro Four Squad TV criteria, starting with acting and cast. Uh, Thurman's with me today. What do you Hello. think of the acting and cast today? So we get our first introduction into live action Admiral Thrawn. Um, very glad they pulled in Lars Mikkelsen, who did the voice of him in Rebels. And that's about where my compliments end, unfortunately. I don't know why. It just did not. He did not pull it off the way I wanted it to. And it was really? not as menacing for some reason. Um and looking back at pictures of like Lars M- uh, Mickelson, like in real life, like I think there was a time where his look would have pulled it off. And I don't want to like fat shame people, but was he a little pudgy? He was. He had a little pooch. And little I pooch. think I, and might... I don't know if, how much of that was the costume or how much of that was him or maybe a combination of both. And also, I think it's it, it may be an issue with Rebels and any portrayal of Thrawn before is like his his cheeks are super sunken in sunken in and like he's it's got such a real a, long a long face yeah such a prominent feature that like I'm looking for that and he's got and then again cheeks. like it's been it's been 10 years so I don't know yeah like I can I can kind of accept it a little bit um hopefully we can get more into like some of the nitty-gritty and he can like maybe show a little bit more of his acting chops as far as like portraying what I think Admiral Thrawn is supposed to be like um but yeah just it was a little disappointing for me so i i agree with you visually but i think as he played the character and if you just kind of close your eyes and listen to him that is admiral thrawn and yeah. he is so calculating from the sec like the first word that he says mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm i'm really glad that a lot of these voice actors are getting to reprise their roles in live action because they've already developed these characters they know who these characters are they are like he yeah. is admiral thrawn um mm-hmm. i do agree visually i think they could have done a little <laughs> bit better with the makeup um yeah. helped them out with the costume a little bit maybe maybe a little cgi face recognition like they've done shit yeah. like that for luke in the past so sure sure uh um, i don't know but yeah, yeah, it is what it is. I I'm excited to see what he has to offer here in the next uh, next two episodes. With with what I said being said, I still 
I have faith that we have two more episodes and I think I'm going to fully dive into it. And I think my expectations may have been just a little too high as far as what I was looking for visually. So I think my I can temper that a little bit over the next two episodes. And I think I'll ultimately start loving what they're going to do with him, because to your point, the writing is great in it. Um, he's already thinking 10 steps ahead of the, the other person in the scene, which is um, insane. That, yeah. And which that, and that's being shown. And that was one of, that's obviously one of his, uh, prolific strong points is being very strategic and, and all that. So, um, yeah. Any, anyone else who was kind of standing out for you in the cast? I liked, um, Yavana Sakano who plays Shin Hati, Haiti Hati. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought she actually shined in this episode. She hasn't had a whole lot to do up to this point, but she's always kind of been there. Yeah. Um, and I thought she went step for step with Ray Stevenson. They had two really good scenes together, I thought. And obviously we know how good Ray Stevenson has been in this entire show and just in his career in general. But she went toe-to-toe with him, and I, it was it was some of the best. I think, it, in fact, it is. It's one of my best scenes of the episode is one of those. <laughs> well, spoilers. <laughs> we yeah, may double up sorry. on best scene. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I thought she did great. It was really cool to kind of see, um, get to develop that character a little bit more and kind of see where her head's at uh, in this episode. Yeah. Um, yeah, you got to add a little more depth. Um, with some one-on-ones with Ray Stevenson. And that's who I was going to point out. We've already pointed it out once or twice throughout the first five episodes. Um, but yeah, he's great. He, there's a lot, I feel like there's a lot of layers to his character. And Oh yeah, he's he's got more layers than an onion right now. There, there's a lot, there's a lot of different directions that they could take his character arc. And I, we'll get into like theories and questions and where I think it may be going, and I hope it's going, because I think that'd be awesome. Um, but yeah, you kind of don't know like where he's going with his with his overall game plan. Yeah. He, like, they what give is, you some, what is some, his play? Yeah, they kind of give you some peeks into it, but like I said, um, you could go in a couple different directions with this, and like I said, I'll get into a little bit more of this and theories and questions, but yeah, loving what he's what he's putting out, um, adding kind of a, a mystery to to the whole season. Anybody else? Um, nope, that's about it. I just want to touch on those two those two guys. All right, let's move on to story. And the plot synopsis from IMDb states, Q Thurman. Oh, hello. Uh, pretty short one uh, this week. It's uh, the search for Grand Admiral Thrawn reaches beyond the limits of the galaxy. All right, there we have it. That tells us a whole lot of nothing. Yeah, not really. Uh, we kind of knew that already. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll start us off here. Uh, great episode. Um, love that we finally got to see Thrawn and Ezra. However, mm-hmm. this is not an Ahsoka episode. She's literally in 30 fucking seconds of her own show. And that's something that the Star Wars live action shows have done. Yeah. And I'm not a fan of it. I This is an Ahsoka show. This isn't Rebels. And I understand that these things have to happen in order to get Ahsoka to where she needs to be. And they're, they're moving all the chess pieces around, but you can break these episodes up differently where you have more Ahsoka in her own fucking show. Yeah. Um, I'll agree with, there's a way to break these up, um, to where you potentially, instead of leaving off last episode with the climactic, climactic ending of 
them getting into the purgle and like going into hyperspace, like taking it one step further, five more minutes, um, and seeing Grand Admiral Thrawn. Yeah, um, I think that could have been done. Uh, with that being said, I'm not mad at it. Um, yes, it's absolutely not. Absolutely <laughs> I know. Then that's fine. We're going to disagree on this, and that's fine. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I was fine with it because I knew this plot development had to happen. We needed to see all this. We needed to see Ezra. We need to see Thrawn. Um, so while yeah, maybe a little off-putting because Ahsoka was in a minute of the beginning and then not in it at all. Maybe I've become kind of desensitized to it or accepted of it because of Boba Fett and Mando God. Um, and you all mean the Mando season two point five. <laughs> two point five. That was a bit much. Uh, to be honest, sorry, Boba Fett. You did get a lot of a uh, character development in the beginning with the uh, Sand People. Yeah, uh, it was fun, but it was fun. Yes. Um, but anyways, yeah, it, it didn't it didn't hurt me too much. Um, but yeah, a ton of development with characters as far as Balin and Shin um, and some of their dialogues that they had, um, and then it just opened up the whole new world of uh, Peridia. You get to learn about that's kind of it's kind of cool, like even whales in space have like mating rituals or they have like uh, long journeys they make like they do just here on earth. They'll go like yeah. thousands of miles to like mate and then they'll go live somewhere else and then come back. So this is kind of like a graveyard for them. I thought the visual coming into the planet, like with the Saturn ring but made of the, uh, uh, purgle bones, bones was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, overall, um, yeah, it, it was a fine episode. Coming off of the last episode, you're going to get one like this, which is kind of a setup episode, but they gave you enough. We got two big new characters. Um, yeah, we had great. two big reveals, yeah. and they weren't the reveal of the season, which I like. Like, they 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 gave us enough time after we see them where they're going to have significant screen time um, moving forward. Yeah, honestly, kind of, kind of great. surprised that I thought Thrawn might be in the next episode. Um, but it makes sense that they already jumped to hyper hyperspace and they're already making that journey that he had to show up pretty quickly. Um, but on the other foot, it makes me excited because we got two episodes of him and Ezra. Um, Ahsoka's coming in tow. Um, Thrawn's already getting ready for her um, and showing his distrust for Jedi's because like we can't trust Balin. He, yeah. said, he, was, he said she was dead, but I don't trust any Jedi's. So fuck that. We're going to prepare like she is coming and she is. Um so I think we're going to get a pretty badass standoff there. And again, uh, great writing there when. Oh, this is Balin. And he goes, oh, General Balin Skull. And yeah. that was cool because it's like, oh, he knows his history. He knows his research. That was obviously a dig from the Clone Wars, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Again, just great writing of knowing Thrawn and bringing him in and giving the people that don't know who Thrawn is coming into this, just showing how knowledgeable and strategic and calculating he is from the get go. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, I also love the, we got a lot more meat on the bones with Balin and Shin. Um, this is a master and apprenticeship that I don't think we've really seen before. Um, you know, with the Sith, you have like, I'm teaching you all these bad things and, so that you can kill me and I'm better and we're so strong and powerful. The Jedi is more of a, a peacekeeping. Oh, obviously it's peacekeeping, but it's a, this is how you need to act. And this is what you're supposed to do to act. Um, and then you have, this is more like a father daughter relationship, mm -hmm. which we haven't really seen before. 
and then we also get um we also get a little bit more into what Balin's motivations are, which I don't we don't really understand what that is, but maybe taking over this new galaxy. We'll get into yeah. it a little bit in theories and questions. But you have Shin kind of questioning one, his motivations and why they're there. And then also almost her a little resentfulness that she wasn't uh i don't even know if that's the right word but her curiosity of the jedi order and what it was like and if he misses it and all of that just really good stuff of her kind of trying to dig in to his past and he's kind of reluctant to go there yeah yeah there's there's a lot to unpack there for sure and uh yeah she made a good point i don't know if i ever really thought about this and i've just been thinking about it for the past 30 seconds now and i'm sure there's (laughs) some some deep some deep dives <laughs> that you, you could unpack um but when you said the father daughter relationship like in the star wars canon you don't really get that much um mm-hmm. i mean the first one that pops to mind is the galen urso and the jen urso but like even at that you don't get like a ton of like development interaction like guidance or anything you just yeah there's that there's that balance there between them and they're in the same instance together but like yeah you don't really get that that father-daughter interaction much this is kind of a nice refreshing reprieve that you don't really see yeah it's a it's a really cool different relationship i feel like than what we've seen before like at least a symbol they're obviously not father-daughter but like a semblance of it so i mean at this point maybe they could be father-daughter we don't know the ages Uh, yeah i mean i'm not not gonna rule it out no yeah i'm not deep enough deep enough in it to know if that is true or not but but also like who gives a shit at this point like that literally doesn't matter no (laughs) uh anything else on story um no i think that's about it for me all right let's go on to best scene i'll let you kick us off nate cool because i think well i think we're gonna match up on this one um but probably a third of the way through the episode um Bainlin and shin just talking after they um reach the reach the new planet um everyone else is gone they're out there kind of discussing like what the ultimate plan is Balin's reflecting on his past life as a jedi and getting to see the jedi temple burned down basically um and you kind of alluded to this a second ago shin kind of digging in um and Balin giving a little more in-depth view of like where he's at and like what he wants to do he doesn't necessarily align with thrawn or what they're trying to do um and he just knows history repeats itself um the jedi fall they come back they fall they come back empires rise they fall and he's wanted to change that he's wanted to change that pattern um so this is where i think it kind of gets the most interesting because you don't really know what direction he's wanting to go is he is he pure evil? Is he kind of evil? Um, is he on the Jedi side? He doesn't really want to side with the Jedi because of the negative connotation there. Um, but you get to unpack a lot in this scene and this dialogue back and forth. Um, so it, it gives a new layer to him because at, to this point, he's just a relatively pure shit in the eyes of the audience because he's trying to get to Thrawn and that's what he wants. He's teaming up with the, with the witches and uh, ultimately going against uh, what is viewed as quote unquote right. So um, this gives a little glimpse into that and maybe what his ultimate motive is, um, which may not be what we ultimately originally thought it was. So um, 
really good quick dialogue between them that gives you a lot of insight into what he wants to be doing ultimately. Yeah, I echo everything that you said on that episode or on that scene, excuse me. Um, and that was when they were examining the crime scene of where Sabine killed all those bandits. Yeah. Uh, and the chemistry between those two was impeccable. Um, you don't you don't always get that. Uh, yeah, again, I I echo everything you say. Um, I will go to since you took that was my best scene. Um, I will go to a backup best scene, which it wasn't great other than there was a little bit of nostalgia. And that's when Sabine and Ezra first meet each other. Mm -hmm. Um, The dialogue there felt so much like rebels. Um, They, they nailed, they nailed Ezra's lines. The reason I didn't point him out as far as uh, um, acting and castings, there just wasn't enough there to, really judge it on but completely agree yeah. they nailed the dialogue and he felt like ezra and it felt like ezra talking to sabine um talking about his half-cocked plans that only work but they do work yeah. and that was just again it was great um unfortunately the acting wasn't even in the same league as the uh balin and shin so, yeah it, i mean it was all right and I think that scene just was there to serve a different purpose. So um, it was more lighthearted, more heartfelt. Yes, so it was. Um, it, it wasn't as intense, so maybe not as hard-hitting in certain ways as the Balin Shin dialogue, um, but definitely very nostalgic and reminiscent of, of of some Rebel scenes. So I completely and, agree. Yeah, it was, it was a great scene too. And again, I think that for those people who haven't seen Rebels and this is their first time meeting Ezra – in that very short time, uh, he did a good job of capturing the essence of what Ezra is or who Ezra is. Um, I think so. From from Rebels. Yeah, for sure. All right. Favorite part of the show, theories and questions. Uh, Nate, I'll let you start this off as well. Um, let's see here. I'll just start with my first one here. Could Sabine become a witch? Wow, I know it's because I think we have a big faction that is pushing towards her Jedi apprenticeship or becoming more force sensitive. Um, and between light and dark, it could be a very fine line. Um, and if she is in touch with that side of her, then I think it could shift the other direction being um, so in touch with with the witches and being around them so much. So um, I don't know if there's much, if there's much, if there are many legs on this one, um, but it was just a kind of a harebrained theory that I want to throw out there and get your balls tickling on. Yeah. I'm not mad about it. Um, <laughs> it's similar to what I had said last week. I thought that she was going to go to the dark side and train under Balin. Yeah. Um, but I think either one at this point is very possible. Uh, Savine's kind of a wild card at this point. She also may just do absolutely nothing and just be a normal Mandalorian person again. And maybe she'll end up going back to Mandalore and we'll see her in Bo-Katan, uh, I don't know, do some cool shit in the future. That'd be kind of cool, right? Um, that's a very great point because obviously this and Mando are 
on parallel timelines. They're happening at the same time as far as the, the seasons and series. Correct. Um, so th- that makes an easy transition with what's going on in Mando season three um, for her to fall into that with them trying to bring back the Mandalorian uh, glory, glory tribe, whatever the, the lifestyle. Human, uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is culture. And, mandalorian kind and build up their their race or their humankind um so yeah i think that'd be an easy transition over um that's probably yeah the number one or two number two likelihood along with her be going down the jedi path um the which one we'll just put in a, in the third slot for a, a wild a wild hair there it's a dark horse dark horse uh, if anyone gives you plus 1000 on anything take it take it it's a value pick. Yeah. Um, I've got a prediction for next episode. Yep. Ahsoka's going to actually be in it. <laughs> Bold choice. I get that was kind of a dick jab at the at the show, but yeah. It was. It was. <laughs> um, okay. So I think uh, I think next episode we're actually going to get back to what we know as a galaxy far, far away. Um the original galaxy, not this new one that they're in right now. I don't think the big fight is going to happen on Peridium. Is that what it's called, right? The graveyard uh, planet. Peridia. Peridia. Um, I think Thrawn is actually going to make it back, and we're going to have a nice little battle between the New Republic and the band that Moff Gideon was in that we saw in Mandalorian. That you know that little group is trying to bring him back. Um, we're going to have a nice little battle between the new Republic and kind of that group, maybe a cool space battle. And that group is what is going to lead into the first order and the events of Fort of force awakens. Like this is going to be the first straw or domino to fall. That's going to lead them to the force or to, uh, the first order, you know, what, 10, 12 years later. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I could see that. So, are they? Are, do you think they're going to use the pearls to get back to where they need to go? I don't think they need to because they have the coordinates. They have the coordinates. I guess they do have the hyperspace ring. Yeah. As well. So I don't think they need to use the pergol to get back. True. But Ahsoka, who we assume are going to show up there, is going to need to figure out a way to get back, and I don't know exactly how Ahsoka is going to end up getting back. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah. Maybe they get uh, captured because Thrawn's one step ahead. I don't know. Yeah, I'll probably have some traps set up. Um, sorry, I was just it's like mousetrap. Loved that game. Wasn't there like a theme song for that too? Mouse yeah, trap. but I can't, can't trap. It. That's not it. <laughs> um, oh, I got a wild idea. Yeah, let's hear it. All right. Um... How they're going to? Yeah, no, I'm a yeah, I'm a fucking idiot. I know how they're going to get back. They're going to use the the hyperspace ring, uh, Thrawn and and Morgan Elsbeth and all of them, stranding Sabine, Ezra, and Ahsoka. Yeah. Somehow they're going to be the only reason that they can save or maybe warn the New Republic that they're coming. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a very brief scene where you see Loth wolves on. The, the graveyard planet. I, what is it called? Peridium? Peridium? Peridia. Was that what Sabine rode? 
No, that was not. Oh fuck! Maybe that's what those were. See, I thought I they th- were loath wolves. No, I think. And it was we the... know that Ezra has a connection with them. Maybe they could transport him. That's a cool theory, but I think it was the same thing that she wrote. God, why would you fucking my bad. shoot my dreams down, man? I mean, I just gotta, I just gotta be truthful in what I saw. I know, and it actually makes a lot more sense. You know, I'll, I'll hit one every once in a while, or sometimes I'll think there's a third Death Star coming. So. You never know because I don't know what the fucking timeline is. <laughs> I knew they get a good laugh out of you. At least. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, I completely fucked up that one. Um, so I actually did have a theory here. I don't know if it's going to work. Um, it could, but could all this be setting up for Ezra and whoever's in this to show up in this next trilogy i don't know when that's being done but um from the rumors and anything on the intranets it should be taking place after the rise of skywalker um i know ray will be limited in it from what i hear but at least as far as the timeline um them showing up potentially and creating a new jedi order um as far as jedi's falling jedi's coming back blah 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 that endless cycle um, but them actually being in this galaxy um, and not being able to get out of it for a while would explain their absence. So, um, okay, because obviously so, there, there's a there's a ton of Star Wars canon that has been out there for a long time that we've never seen Ezra or anyone Sabine or anyone in. Um, so this would be a good way to kind of justify them not showing up until a later date. So, so you're just saying my theory is bullshit, and they're not going to end up back. See, that's why I, so, I was hesitant to say that because that that would mean that we need to stay there longer. But yeah, unless somehow shit against the wall. Yeah, I mean, I we could get super nerdy and talk about trackers on 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 uh, Ahsoka's ship, and that's how ghost and the new republic will get there and we can we can ju- we can get a we can get a cool battle at this space whale graveyard plane i don't know why i cannot fucking remember the name of it you said it literally two minutes ago Peridia. Peridia, thank you and <laughs> we could get them there um and again i can see that that's a good way to explain away why they haven't shown up yeah um or, or why they won't show up even. I mean, you can keep yeah. them there forever and essentially have two spawned franchises. Um, yeah, it doesn't make too much sense, though, because I, I feel like there needs to be a resolve at the end of the season. Yes, I agree. But I'm not mad about it. You know me, I love fucking crazy weird shit like that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, and I mean, uh, it wouldn't even be that hard to explain them being in the world between worlds as well, because we've already introduced that here. I mean, there's, yeah, I'm on board. I like it. Yeah, it's a it, it's a far fetched one. Um, but my last theory I have here is kind of going back to when I was talking about Balin. You don't really know what his uh, end motive is. Um, could he be? a new catalyst for like a new Jedi order. I think that's kind of what he's wanting. Um, and I think we could see a switch here in the last two episodes of him potentially joining up with Ahsoka, with Ezra, with Sabine, whoever, um, to really plant the seeds for that new Jedi order. Um, and ultimately because he just wants the cycle to end. Um, 
And so we, you kind of have Luke creating a new uh, Jedi temple or learning center, whatever you want to call it. Um, could there be like a learning center? Learning center. <laughs> um, about, yeah, roughly around this time, give or take some years. Um, but could there be an, a, another faction? Um, kind of like the Tri-Wizard Tournament in Harry Potter. You got a couple of wizarding schools, schools coming together um, in the end. Um, but I, I think he ultimately wants to he's trying to distance himself from being a Jedi. And I think he's just doing that as a play, pulling out that card. So Thrawn and the witches are like, Oh, he's not a Jedi. He said he left them a long time ago, but ultimately I think that's what he really wants. Um, that's his end goal. That's why he wanted to go back to this planet because it's so rooted in lore of the old Jedi days. And that's where a lot of stories have come from. Um, so he's trying to get back there, get back to his roots and he has his apprentice. He's trying to gra- gather more Jedis. I think that's ultimately what he wants to do is start a new Jedi faction. And that's why he wants to find Ezra. Yes. Um, Bingo, bango, bongo. I like it. I don't know that he's trying to create a... I think it's a Jedi Order adjacent thing. Yeah. Um, sure. I don't think he believes in in purely the light side like the Jedi. Because he was brought up that way, he was part of the Jedi Order, and saw it fall. And mm-hmm. so he, but he also sees sees the dangers of all the dark side too, I feel like. So I think he wants to build something that is balanced, that is, it, it teaches both. It's, I do, I, I like that, I agree. I, I think it's cool that he is a, essentially a good guy or an anti-hero in this. Um, yeah, but I can I, see yeah. him more riding the middle line uh, as opposed to Dark Side Academy, um, like they had you know thousands of years ago, or uh, the Jedi Temple uh, of of recent. Yeah, I could definitely see that more down the middle, independent voter type. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, there, there, there's something there. There's going to be some. I don't know if called a big reveal, but going to be kind of a shift change for him in the last two episodes. So yeah, I'm excited. And it's really going to be interesting. Just uh, uh, with his with his death, um, if that changes anything either for what they had in the future. I don't know. Yeah. Um. Anything else? No. That's it. All right, guys. That was our uh, review of Ahsoka. Episode 6, Far, Far Away. For Nate Thurman, I am the mad scientist, Brian Banner. Uh, Hit that subscribe button, YouTube, iTunes, wherever you're listening to us. Um, Like us. Uh, We are on X, at Bro4Squad. You guys can check out our website, www.bro4squad.com. That's where we post all of our stuff. Until next time, we will see you guys far, far away. I'm going to go jump on my purgle, take it around the block real quick. I got to walk it. They get antsy.